What's up, everyone? We're here for another episode of Locked On Bucks, and we're looking ahead to the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics have just quietly been a juggernaut for a while now, and I don't think that I've taken enough notice of it. So we're going to talk about Boston a little bit. We're even going to talk about the Lakers today because, let's be honest, their season came to an end yesterday, and that is as crazy as any story in the league this year. So we'll talk Lakers. And I also tweeted yesterday about the biggest buck killers, and people were loving this tweet. They were throwing out their random role players, players that have killed the Bucks. So we might talk about that as well. So we're going to have fun with Camille, as we always do. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me uh, after a massive week in the Technical Foul podcast, WrestleMania week uh, has come and gone. It's Camille Davis, of course, joining us weekly as well here on Lockdown Bucks. Camille, what is happening? Not too much. Like you mentioned, it was a, a fun weekend. Uh, WrestleMania came. Also got to watch the the Bucks beat the Bulls, and we've discussed before how much I enjoy beating Chicago in anything. So. I'm in great spirits right now. Uh, yes, Stone Cold Steve Austin made a return to WrestleMania, which is fitting because there was a stunner in the NBA, NBA yesterday as well with the Lakers <laughs> missing the playing tournament. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Thank you for, thank you to everyone, I should say, for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And I'm stumbling on my words a little bit because it's approximately 8:30 a.m. here, and I'm not used to talking to humans in my very easy uh, morning schedule to at least 11 a.m. So. If I struggle through this one, please bear with me, but we're going to see how we go. But yeah, look, the subscribers on YouTube continue to roll in. We're nearly at 3K. If we can get to 3K before the start of the playoffs, that would be cool. We would really appreciate that. But let's talk about Bucks and Celtics, Camille. Uh, this is you know, based on, and you can say this about every game as the games roll through, but this might be the most consequential regular season game of the season with the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh, Boston have been on fire, as I said, uh, really since after the All-Star break. And if I pull up the standings here right now, Boston are in second, same record as the Bucks. Philadelphia also with the same record. There's some absolutely insane tiebreaker stuff that could potentially happen right now. The Celtics are in second because they've beaten the Bucks two out of three times. The last time these teams played was on Christmas, which feels like a long, long time ago. I'll get to that mm-hmm. in a second. Have you are you like me where you see the Celtics get rolling a little bit? You're like, ah, okay, Boston, they're winning a few games, good for them. Then all of a sudden it's like this team has legitimately been the hottest team in the league for multiple months now. Yeah, Boston started the season off so slow. And I remember there were conversations like, should Brown and Tatum be broken up? Is it possible they even play together? And then after all-star break, they really found their groove and they have just looked like a well-oiled machine. And some people say like, you can't judge too much on a small sample size, but the fact that the Celtics have been this version of the Celtics for months now, I think that takes them out of the uh, like hot, you know, 
team of like the moment. Like they have shown like this is who they are right now. They just got off to a slow start to the season. And if you remember around Christmas and Thanksgiving and everything, when all the different COVID cases were happening, so many lineups were in flux. Celtics weren't exempt to that either. So they had to figure things out and it just took them seemingly a little bit longer to get it together. And now that they're clicking, they look great. Jason Tatum, I mean, I don't think that he's had a stronger MVP case than Giannis Embiid or Jokic, but if he appears on some ballots at the end of the season, I will not be surprised. He has been phenomenal, and Brown has been doing his thing, and of course they're going to miss Robert Williams a bit, but uh, they have some depth that allows them not necessarily to hit that same ceiling, but their floor is still really good with the bigs that they do have currently. So although it might not be that elite defense with Williams out there right now, they're still a really good defensive team, and offensively they're humming being led by Jason Tatum. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how the Bucks match up with them. Curious to see what the rosters will look like, given the fact that the Celtics are playing the Bulls tonight, then they have us tomorrow. I've seen all the different crazy tiebreakers, like you were mentioning, uh, and some of them make my head hurt because I just thought, I'm like, okay, so you're saying if this happens, then they can drop to four. Like I saw if the Bucks lose out, but I have to find it. But like the Bucks could drop to the fifth seed if we don't win any games, which I don't think is likely, but it's on the table. So I think the Bucks are going to come out tomorrow really trying to win this game. I would assume the same for the Celtics. And just as a fan of basketball, like I'm I'm excited for what we have been able to see, what's been unfolding the last couple of days. I've been a big fan of the play-in tournament since they announced it. And seeing how much excitement that this season has going into the last few games of the season, like just as a fan of the sport, it's been super fun to watch this and see how the standings keep changing and seeing being amazed. Oh my God, how did how did the Magic beat the the Cavaliers last night? And that's a game I would never care about under <laughs> most other circumstances. But this play-in tournament just adds a different just a different level of interest to the entire playoff race, um, and it's just been a fun ride. The Celtics are for real though, so looking forward to seeing a good game with them and the Bucks tomorrow. So I think. The Eastern Conference, as long as I've been watching basketball, I can't remember it being this close at the top. Me either. Being this close down the bottom. And, of course, the play-in plays into that because maybe it wouldn't be as crazy without that because you add a couple other teams. But maybe it would because all these teams would be battling to try and get to the eight because you can't just... Imagine Brooklyn two nights ago if they were in the 10 and there was no play-in tournament. Then all of a sudden, it is absolutely must-watch TV. But anyway... I'm I'm still lukewarm on the playing tournament, but maybe I'll come around. Maybe I'll come <laughs> around, Camille. With Boston, though, I think it's interesting to see who they play in this game against the Bucks. Now, keeping in mind we're recording this prior to Celtics and the Bulls, so things can change here. The latest injury report heading into that game has Jalen Brown as probable with some knee soreness, and Al Horford uh, is also probable for that game. But if you don't have Rob Williams and you know that you're not going to have Rob Williams for the first round of the playoffs, do you think there's any chance that Boston looks at this and says, well, this game, whoever wins this game, is probably in the box seat for the number two seed? So, and keeping in mind, there's still a couple of games, so it could still change. And I believe Boston are on the road for the rest of the regular season. But I don't, I'm just going to be interested to see who plays. I don't think all these stars are playing a back-to-back at this point. So if Jason Tatum is clearly playing tonight, is he going to play tomorrow? I mean, I, I don't know. Unless you desperately really want the second seed, playing your superstars in a back-to-back at this point of the season seems a little unnecessary to me, even if the first round isn't starting for a week. So I'm going to keep an eye on this because 
I'm certain that the Bucks, based on what we've seen in previous years, based on what we've seen this year with big games, I, I feel, I don't want to say certain because I'll, I'll end up being wrong, but I feel <laughs> relatively confident that all the Bucks stars are going to play in this game. I'm not so sure I feel the same way about the Celtics. We'll see what happens. And, and I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, the Bucks play the Pistons the next day. And yeah, I, I think we're going to be seeing some Luca Vildozer in that game. By the way, yeah. Camille, last night, and I just woke up, and I text Eric and Frank about this. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I had a dream last night that Luca Vildozer arrived to the practice facility wearing like a huge, a huge like fur like jacket. He had all gold chains on, and he was wearing a massive <laughs> and he was wearing a massive top hat. Gold chains and a top hat. Yeah, so I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I'm dreaming about this man that I that I've very rarely seen play basketball. But I must have I must have fallen to sleep thinking about the Bucks or rosters or something. But uh, very strange. I think I need help. <laughs> well, one, I would love to see someone try to pull off uh, that look: fur, gold chains, top hat. If anyone does that, please like add us on Twitter or whatever the case may be. Have to I see think that it's happen. <laughs> I think Thanasis is the man to do it. Thanasis could probably pull it off, too, if we're being honest here. Uh, But, no, the dream thing is is funny. I fell asleep um, over the weekend listening to the Low Post. Yes. And in my dream, for some reason, I was trying to have it, like, I was, like, at a forum, and they were talking, and I was trying to make a point because I had a strong point to make in the counter of what they were saying, but they kept talking over me. Uh, and when I woke up, the podcast was playing and I go, oh, okay, this makes sense. So that makes some sense. So I can understand things <laughs> bleeding into your dreams from time to time. But um, no, that that look is absolutely hilarious. So you're about to get in a fight with Zach Lowe uh, when you woke up the other day. <laughs> uh, that's very interesting. I got more Bucks and Celtics stuff coming up after Bet Online. Uh, who would I bet money on out of a fight out of Zach Lowe and Camille? I think, I, <laughs> I think I'm taking Camille. In that situation. But betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds. Is Tiger Woods playing, Camille? What's going on? Yeah, Tiger's going to give it a go. I like it. That's what we like to see. Uh, if there's one man, and by the way, I do really enjoy watching golf, but it's just a, it's a time squeeze. It gets squeezed out for other sports, uh, so I don't actually watch much golf, but... You know, if Tiger's rolling, I'll find myself turning it on. So if you want to find the odds for the Masters Championships, including potentially Tiger Woods, which feels like it would be a, a miracle win if he was able to do it based on his health and all these other things, wasn't sure if he's going to play, you can do it at betonline.net as well as NBA playoffs, uh, NHL, whatever's going on with the hockey, I have no idea. But you can find it all out at betonline.net. Just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action that's been online where the game starts. Uh, also, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Uh, if you want to get ready for Bucks and Celtics, you'll be able to listen to the Locked On Now podcast, get a wrap from Locked On Bulls and Locked On Celtics for what goes on in this game tonight. Uh, as Camille mentioned, uh, the Bucks just uh, dusted off the Bulls again. And by the way, that could be a first-round matchup. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see uh, how the standings play out in the next few games. And so could uh, Bulls. And Celtics, by the way, that could be a first round matchup. So there's plenty of variations of what's going on in the standings right now. Uh, the last time the Bucks played the Celtics, as I mentioned, was on Christmas Day. Now, I was just rolling through the box score, and I don't remember a lot from this game outside of Giannis really carried the Bucks over the top at the very end. 
and it didn't look like they were going to win this game and they didn't necessarily play very well. But the superstar took over down the stretch and they were able to win. But here's a couple of tidbits from the box score that I, I thought were interesting. So the Celtics didn't have Al Horford, but they did have Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Rob Williams played in this game. So relatively full strength. Right. Joe Johnson was on the roster. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, that happened right. this year. That happened this year, Camille. This has been a long season. This is the first 82-game season for a while, but Joe Johnson playing for the Celtics happened this season. The other thing, Jabari Parker played 12 minutes off the bench in this game for Boston. And the other thing, the starting center for your Milwaukee Bucks, Boogie Cousins. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's like a greatest hits of, of this season at this point. Just some of the, the high high moments that a COVID, <laughs> uh, a COVID season can give you. Yeah. Well, Bobby Portis um, came off the bench. I don't know why I don't remember this. Boogie Cousins was starting over Bobby Portis. I don't remember that. Honestly, I don't remember last week clearly at times. So <laughs> um, thinking back to Christmas can be a stretch, but... Yeah, and you know, I'm sometimes I'm even scared to say Boogie's name because Bucks fans will be like, "We still should have kept Boogie," and yes. I'm like, I, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry, I don't, I can't control personnel." But wow, two completely different looks for these teams. I mean, we didn't have Brooke for most of the season, and as we all know, having Brooke really changes the looks that we're able to to, to throw out defensively and even offensively. Like he just opens up some things for the team. So uh, replacing Brooke with Boogie. Uh, should should be an upgrade there when we play them tomorrow. And thinking about the fact that the Celtics had Jabari Parker getting minutes, and he had I think like almost ten points or something. Like he had a couple a couple buckets there, and he plays well against uh, the Bucks. Always, always, and I, I respect him for it. I respect. Him. I still love Jabari Parker, so I respect him for it. Um, but such a different time, and just thinking about how the Bucks were playing pre-All-Star break and after All-Star break, like we mentioned how the Celtics have been extremely hot, but the Bucks have also kicked into a different gear since the All-Star break, um, playing a little bit more consistently than what we saw before that. And also given the schedule that they had, I felt like they had to step up and we've seen them do that. So um, I'm not sure how much we can glean from, from that earlier matchup this season, but tomorrow's game, if everybody is playing, or at least most guys are playing i think you get a better idea of what a playoff matchup or look could be between these two teams so on the season the celtics had the number one defense 106.1 defensive rating and as i went through the defensive numbers the other day so it's about five points per 100 possessions better than the bucks who are still middle of the pack offensively they're the number eight ranked team as well this is on the full season but post-All-Star break, they're the number one offense and number three defense. So they really have been a dominant team. Now, I will say there are some results, like the game the other night where they beat the Washington Wizards 144-102. to 102, That Yeah, the numbers are going to look pretty good in those scenarios. And if there's one thing that we know about the, the Bucs, and this is, you know, particularly this time of year. I mean, let's just say, Camille, that I don't think the Bucs have taken advantage of bad teams in the way that the Boston Celtics have. They've had foot to the floor and they've been super impressive. But Rob Williams is a guy that, again, if you listen to Boston Celtics podcasts or Boston Celtics fans, they'll talk about this guy. Like when he went down with this knee injury, the level of depression from Celtics fans yeah. was interesting to me. And I was like, okay, I've seen him play, super athletic, but it feels like this season in particular is when he's taken the step very, very quickly from being a kind of an erratic, inconsistent guy that can really have some highlight real plays, which we've seen since his rookie season to this year being a difference maker. So just to give you an idea, 
Uh, when Rob Williams is on the floor, that defensive rating this year is 103.4, which is obviously absolutely elite. When he's off, it's it's 106.4. So still a really, really good defensive team. But the offense actually gets better by a couple possessions, a couple points per 100 possessions as well. So he has been a a big difference maker for him. You were mentioning before we came on, I think like the latest reports are that he's a chance to play in the second round. So no, he's not going to play tomorrow. But if the Bucs are to meet the Celtics down the road, uh, there Mm -hmm. is a a strong likelihood that Rob Williams will be there. but they just have to get through the first round, which I, I don't think should be a problem for this team. Again, maybe they get Brooklyn, but even Brooklyn, I don't think Brooklyn's a team where you need a dominant big man. I think they can probably cover that. No, I don't think you do. And like I mentioned before, like they still have Horford. They uh, they have Daniel Tice uh, and they have uh, Grant Williams. So it's like they have some bigs they can throw out there at you. And given the fact that Brooklyn's not necessarily that big outside of Andre Drummond, you have Kevin Durant, who's seven feet tall for sure, but we know he plays more like a wing than a traditional big in that sense. So uh, when you have two wing defenders like Tatum and Brown, you're able to stop a lot of stuff there in itself. And then you have Marcus Smart at point, just just being the annoying, uh, in-your-face, not giving you any space type of player that he is. I like Boston. Like, I like the I like how they've been playing. I like the team. And you don't like, like Boston, Camille. Come on. Basketball sense, like I like <laughs> this team. Like I can't. I can't, like sometimes I watch Jason Tatum play, and I'm just like, okay, like this kid is this kid is is fun. I'm a I'm a uh, a mid range lover. So I love watching Jason Tatum play. I don't like when he's cooking against the Bucks. Of mm. course not, but it, it it can be fun to watch him play. So. Going from an elite defense to a very good defense is, you know, it's a drop for sure, but it's not the type of drop that I think can like seriously hamper your your playoff chances at that point, especially if you're playing against a team like Brooklyn, like you mentioned, where there's not much size. Now, if they're going up against Philly or something like that, then I'll be kind of curious to see how that shakes out. But we all know Al Horford, uh, Garden, Joel Embiid can, can be uh, a pretty good thing as well. So, I mean – it's hard to say in the way that the standings keep fluctuating. It, it's, it's very difficult to, to even know <laughs> what matchups are going to be. And we're what, four days out from the end of the season at this point. Yeah. Good luck to Giannis tomorrow, who, by the way, is going to be annoyed by Marcus Smart all night Absolutely. long. Uh, I'm sure Bucks fans will be very annoyed by the happenings at Fiserv Forum tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, these two teams, I actually had, and we discussed rivals a few weeks ago, Camille, when you were on the podcast. But I remember a few years ago uh, when I was still in Milwaukee doing radio and they and I was asked who I thought were the Bucks' biggest rivals. And I said the Celtics. Now, keeping in mind they've played two with basically these teams. And yes, a few guys mm-hmm. have come in. Uh, Drew Holiday has come in. Brooke Lopez didn't play in the first series. But you're talking Tatum, Brown, Smart, Middleton, Giannis. Two playoff series already. And we thought that they were probably going to continue to play each other. The Celtics obviously had a couple of disappointing seasons there and the pass just didn't cross. Uh, but if they have a third playoff series, you talk about a three playoff series with a core and, and probably a core that you think is going to be around for a few more years as well. I do think that there is a healthy level of uh, dislike between these players, between these teams, um, which I think is really fun. So we'll see. Maybe they will meet again later on in the postseason. Let's get to this tweet that I had, and we'll get to the Lakers, 
for all the for everyone hanging out for the Lakers hate, just hang in there. It's coming. <laughs> so I tweeted yesterday, and this is in the midst of DeMar DeRozan going absolutely ballistic on the Bucks. And by the way, I, I was and to Frank's point yesterday in the podcast, where even though DeRozan was scoring, it never really felt like the Bulls were going to no. win, and it didn't. But he had forty points through three quarters. The Bulls only had eighty-two. <laughs> so he had like half the team's points through three quarters. I mean, they just had nothing else yesterday, the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls. No Zach Levine. Uh, we should mention that. But at this time, I said, in my time watching the Bucks since the early 2000s, I think DeMar DeRozan is the number one, is number one in the Buck Killer rankings. Mm-hmm. Who you got in that period or historical? So you can go before that. And uh, people were loving this. A few people agreed with me, Camille. I think that there has to be some discussion around is DeMar DeRozan too good to be in a buck killer situation? Because when I looked up his career splits, he averages 20.3 points per game against the Bucks. It probably went up after yesterday, but his career <laughs> average is actually 20.3. So it's like, well, maybe it's just a really, really good player. So maybe I need to reevaluate my own rankings because there was a lot of Norm Powell. Norm Powell is definitely in there. Whose numbers are actually very, very that they're that they're not impressive at all. If you look at Norm Powell's, they're actually ranked like twelfth or thirteenth in terms of points per game against the Bucks. But he's done it uh, in big games, and it's different for a role player because if a role player comes off the bench and hits four threes, it feels like he's just scored. He's, it feels like he's just built Wilt's hundred points. So this is where it's interesting. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, I think there's levels to it because like you mentioned with DeRozan, um, he was always a good player, but it's something about him playing against the Bucks, especially with Bud system now where it's like we, we're going to give up mid-range jumpers mm. to some guys. Like he just eats that up, but some Bucks killers. So speaking, thinking of Boston, Terry Rozier comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still sometimes get sick to my stomach when I think about how he ate up Eric Bledsoe in that playoff mm-hmm. series. Norm Powell's definitely a great one. We saw even when he's with the Clippers this season, like he he just went off against us. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, that playoff series too, that one sticks in my mind where it's just like, dude, how how did you become Steph Curry right now? I I am not understanding this at all in the least bit. Uh, hmm, there's been a few. There's been a few, but it, and then I think of like Kimball Walker, where it was a while there where it's like Kimba. <laughs> Kimba oh and the God. Bucks, like he he would just cook. But again, he's kind of in the sense of like DeMar DeRozan, where he's not a random guy. He's just a good player. But when he played against the Bucks, he became a great player. So, uh, yeah, Derek Rose. Woo, we another great. Ooh, Derek Rose used to do some things to the Bucks that, uh, still why I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even with the Knicks, he still does it. That's a great one. Derrick Rose definitely does it as well. There's, There's been a few. There's been a few where you're just kind of like, okay. I wonder if these guys get excited when they see the Bucks too, if they're just kind of like, okay, I know I can play well against these guys, so so let's have a big night. But Derrick Rose, DeMar DeRozan, Norm Powell, Van Vliet, Rozier. Uh, I remember even some, uh, some Vince Carter, if we go a little bit further back, there were some times where I remember Vince Carter going off against us too. And um, LeBron broke my heart personally uh, a few times at the Bradley Center. So, so there was a couple of nominations for LeBron, but he's too good. 
I mean, he's great. And I forget, I can't remember the game situation, but I remember he hit a, uh, he hit a three and it was when, before he was really a great shooter. I think he was still in the heat at this time. And I'm just like, let him shoot that. That's fine. And he hit it. And he did his patented celebration, hitting the chest, doing the the leg. And I just kind of stared at my TV. Like, I really don't like you right now. And it's just because you're good at basketball. Like I'll get over it, but I'm hurt right now. So (laughs) yeah, LeBron's probably the best of them all, but he's going to do that to most teams. So there's been a number of nominations for Miami Goran Dragic, which I think is fair, particularly, you know, in a bubble. I mean, that was probably the best. Oh, I I don't know. It's probably just because we were watching it up close, but one of the better stretches of his career. Uh, Jeff Wolf says Jason Tatum. Now, Keeping in mind hmm. that the Bucks play the Celtics tonight and Tatum might score 50. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that one. I, I, I've, I remember a lot of times where Jason Tatum goes two for 16, two for 17, yeah. two for 18. So I don't agree with that one. And like I said, he might score 50 tonight. So he's had so some that, good recent games, but they're yeah. like um, on my, on my show, uh, Eric, for a while, he did not think Jason Tatum was going to be good because he was watching him against the Bucks. And he's like, I don't see what everybody sees in this kid. Like he does not play well. And then he realized, oh, he doesn't play well against us. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll put Tatum in that category. What about second mention on today's episode of Locked On Bucks of Joe Johnson? A couple of nominations for Joe Johnson. There's a couple of nominations for Reggie Miller. That's before my time. I can't really speak to that one. And what else? Uh, uh, by the way, plenty of mentions of Jason Kidd. And I, I'm going to go ahead and Jason assume they mean Kidd. the coach, Jason Kidd, uh, <laughs> is my best bet there. So uh, you can still find the tweet. Uh, people are still commenting. Uh, there as well. Hito Turkoglu was was someone I said it's interesting. Wow. I haven't thought of that name for a while. Uh, so bunch of interesting names there. It's a fun conversation. You can still jump in on the yeah. YouTube comments to let us know. Uh, Camille, let's talk Lakers to wrap this up. Now, I think everyone looked at this team, and when I say everyone, everyone <laughs> that, that wasn't a Lakers fan, and maybe some of it was like hopeful that it would pan out this way. But we've all watched Russell Westbrook for the last few years. And by the way, this isn't all on Russell Westbrook. LeBron James is also 30, 37 years old, and he's had a fine season, but he's also hardly played. Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. Street clothes, as uh, Charles Barkley calls him. And it just didn't look right. It didn't look right. And my question to you, the LeBron tweet, and everyone knows the one I'm talking about, LeBron tweet where he's like, keep up that same energy, you know, whatever. Is that the funniest tweet? And by the way, since deleted. Funniest tweet in the history of NBA Twitter because I, I think it has to be right up there considering how this panned out. It definitely has to be up there. And the fact that he deleted that tweet, and it's not like he deleted it recently in case people were wondering. He deleted that he, tweet he, a long, he, he got long time the ago. Sense. He, got this, he got the sense of where this was going early and he's like, I right, better get rid of right. this one. Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the funniest ones. And I was laughing to myself because I had so many questions about the fit of that roster. As soon as they traded for Westbrook, like just did not make sense to me, especially because I thought they were going to get that buddy Hill trade, go through and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Get some shooters around LeBron and AD and this, this and that. Then you heard the DeMar DeRozan rumors and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, another shooter. And then out of nowhere it was Westbrook. And it was like, wait, what, why, why did they do this? And you hear AD and LeBron are like, that's who we wanted. And it's like, okay. I remember that. And then the tweet comes out after all the old jokes because they signed just about everybody who was past their prime. Um, and a couple young guys, you know, with Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, even though Nunn didn't play at all. He just kind of got a check to be able to get courtside seats all season. So 
uh, that worked out for for him in that sense. But no, jokes aside, it's it's been uh, one of those train wrecks that I could not look away from. Like I was consuming so much more Lakers content than I've ever consumed before because I just needed to know how Laker fans were feeling throughout it. And on our show, the KN Tech file, Ken, he's a huge Lakers fan. So watching him week to week um, process things, absolutely hilarious. I, I have enjoyed the Lakers season for that alone. And now seeing that, you know, they don't make the play in, LeBron isn't playing this big game. And then there's questions of like, is he still going to go for that scoring title? Because what does oh, that yeah. say? You know, he, if, he, if he just wants to play the Thunder, Camille. He's going to drop 70 oh, of on course. the Thunder. How could you not? When Let's you see the lineups that they're throwing out, he could, he could get that score. Like, just go ahead, go crazy. But, I mean, the lack of accountability uh, from LeBron in particular has been funny. I've been wondering how he's going to try to backpedal out of this some um, and – AD talking about, you know, the what ifs, if we were healthy and it's like when you all were healthy and playing together, you still didn't look good. Like it, it was not like you were blowing the world on fire or anything like that when you were all together. So I don't quite understand that. And then you just started picking up scraps around the league as you realized it wasn't working. The uh, trade deadline came and LeBron's talking about us and or them and uh, the Bucks saying like, we're not on their level. We're not good enough. And I'm assuming he thought that would be enough to spur the front office to make some trades, but stood 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 still. <laughs> That's the team you have. And from there, adding like DJ Augustine. And it just, it was a train wreck the whole way through. And honestly, it was one I enjoyed watching. In particular, because LeBron sent that tweet about us keeping the same energy. So this is me keeping that energy. Because normally, I don't like to revel in other teams' misfortunes because they come right back around to you very, very quickly. So I tend to believe in karma and all that type of stuff. So I try to be cool. But LeBron gave me permission to do this. So I am going to enjoy all the one shining moment, Laker low light videos and all the different clips and all of that stuff. It's 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 been entertaining. I can't lie. Twitter, as soon as I heard they got eliminated, I opened up Twitter and I had to see all the jokes and they did not disappoint. Well, it wouldn't be this funny if they all didn't openly laugh at anyone who suggested that they were going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Like if they were just a bad team, it's like, okay. I mean, people would definitely get their jokes off because it's the Lakers. But to me, I find it so funny because they've they've openly mocked anyone who thought they were going to have a bad season. And it's like, yep. I, I think that it, it felt a lot more obvious to anyone else. And yeah, they missed a, they missed a bunch of games. They had a bunch of injuries. But so did the Clippers who haven't had Kawhi or Paul George for basically the whole season. And you talk about the playing tournament. If there was no playing tournament, the Lakers would have been eliminated a long time ago because they're eight games behind the Clippers, who are basically being run by Reggie Jackson all season long. So I mean, it's <laughs> just been, it's just been disastrous for the Lakers. And the most interesting thing is, what do they even do? Like people talked about the trade deadline, but what the hell were they supposed to do? And when Anthony Davis was talking about players being hurt and injured, as you said, he's going, you know, if we if we had just had you know myself healthy, Kendrick Nunn, it's like okay, dude, okay. Okay, Kendrick Nunn is not, is not, is not turning, this, turning this ship around. Uh, so. so we'll see. And and look, LeBron turns 38 next year. So, you know, it's uh, they, they, they've mentioned maybe they'll run it back, but they haven't got a lot of time, I wouldn't have thought. They don't have a lot of time, and I have some concerns about it. Anthony Davis shot under 20% from three this season. Like One of the biggest lies ever is that Anthony Davis oh can shoot. He had, a hot, he had a hot streak during the bubble. But he's always been – he hasn't even been that much different to Giannis. And Giannis perennially gets destroyed for his shooting. So it's a its a fallacy. He can't shoot. It is. 
Yeah, and that bubble, a lot of weird things happened in that bubble. Jimmy Butler was knocking down threes at a high rate, too. So, I mean, yeah. things happen. Things happen. So, yeah, that Laker team, I'm not sure what they even do this offseason because uh, they're, they're still kind of stuck here. Like, they're they're locked into some of these these monster contracts with AD and LeBron, and I don't know how many different trade options they're going to have for Westbrook outside of John Wall. And that – doesn't really seem to raise the the ceiling too much for the Lakers, in my opinion. So I have no idea what they're going to be able to even do. All right. Check out the Locked on Lakers podcast if you want to hear. Uh, those guys are actually entertaining, by the way. Uh, they, they do good stuff over there. So check out Locked on Lakers if you're interested in hearing how they're handling the situation right now as the season wraps up uh, for those guys. But we're going to wrap up this podcast as well. So Bucks and Celtics is 6.30, Camille. Make sure you're ready to go. Uh, I finally figured out our clock's changed here as well. So I finally <laughs> discovered what the times are around here again. And in an absolute miracle, I managed to uh, make it through this podcast. There you go. Nice way to start your morning off, you know, knock some, knock some of that rust off. And now you're ready to take on the world. Ready for a nap. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we'll see what the day goes. I got to get a haircut. That's, that's my plans for today. But we'll see what happens. We'll be back post game. Frank will be with me, Bucks and Celtics to wrap up the week. And then we'll lead into a big game between the Bucs and the Detroit Pistons in a Central Division battle. So plenty to talk about to wrap up the week. Thanks to Camille for joining us as she does every week. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll catch you guys after Bucks and Celtics.